Hi everyone, and welcome to the Sam Dever Podcast, episode 19. In this episode, I speak with my very good friend, Tyler Cope. Tyler is a great friend of mine. Uh, we grew up together in Canton, Illinois, and throughout the years, our relationship has actually just gotten stronger and stronger as we both moved to different cities, had different experiences, and he's just a really deep dude. Uh, him and I constantly am having just great conversations about life, spirituality, things we read, philosophy, and I was really excited to have him on the show. He's been a very uh, great supporter of the podcast and listening to every episode, so it was amazing and an honor to have him on here. And the book of the episode, I'm going to go a little different direction uh, this time. Uh, it's called Thinking Physics by Lewis Carroll Epstein. Usually I'm talking about philosophy books or spirituality or something artsy, but this is a great book that Tyler actually inspired me to get because he got it. He's like, man, you really need to get this. Check it out. So I did, and whether you're great at math and physics and all that doesn't matter because it's really meant to work your brain and to challenge your brain. And it's broken up in all these different sections of physics, and there's just you can literally take a problem a day or every couple days and read it, think about it, and then look up the answer. And uh, usually I don't get the answer right, but once in a while I do. <clears throat> but it's really meant just to get your brain working and just widen your perspective and strengthen those muscles. So Thinking Physics by Lewis Carroll Epstein. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Tyler. Tyler Cope, welcome to the Sam Dever Podcast. What's happening, man? What's happening? Well, I... I I pretty much knew and expected to see some plants, but man, like seeing it now, like in front of me here, you've got a few plants, sir. I do. And, and I'm, I, it, it normally looks like this in this corner, but I'm flexing a little bit because I knew I was going to be on the Sam Devitt podcast. <laughs> so I, I moved a few things over and rearranged some things. <laughs> it's so, probably like with me with my books. I want to like, yeah, it right, right. I mean, I didn't rent the plants or anything, but like, I, you know, I knew I was going to be filmed. So, well, so let's, let's, let's go into that, man. So how, how long <laughs> is it now that you've been into plants? <clears throat> So, like, I had messed with some plants um, back at back at the house in in Lafayette. I had a garden. I had a flower garden uh, and some vegetable garden and some landscaping that uh, I did with my mom when I moved in there. And I had a couple plants, but it wasn't really like it didn't look like this. You know, this kind of happened. Um, I got I got four plants to cover my windows. And no, I had had one plant previously, that I got about a year ago. And then this spring I got four plants to cover my windows. And from there I, I just started picking up a couple more and then, you know, ended up with some and it just grew, right? So I, I was trying to figure out how I was gonna take care of all of these plants. And so I was like, I gotta learn everything I can learn, right? Like that's, that's the way to do it. And I went from like knowing nothing to like getting, getting pretty knowledgeable and hanging out at the plant shop and, uh, and it turned into like a part-time gig. And so I'm working at the plant shop and I, I, I'm not collecting plants, but it would appear as though I am, you know, I'm just yeah, enjoying, I'm just enjoying plants. <laughs> what is it about it that you like? I mean, obviously aesthetically, 
it looks cool, but is there a certain energy that it brings, a, like a, a calmness maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely, I think, once you figure, like, I mean, at first it wasn't very calm trying to figure out the watering routine because, like I said, I, I kind of went from, like, zero to 60 and had to learn things very quick. But, like, yeah, there, I definitely think there's a, there's a calming um, there's kind of just a calming nature to being around plants and no pun. Um, you know, and I think that like, I think that if, if we get down to it, uh, there's a, there's a sacred spirit inside the plants, right? And it's the same as the, the spirit that's inside us. And so, um, we are connecting with them, uh, regardless, I think of whether we're aware of it or not. And so bringing them into our space sometimes can bring on that awareness and, um, kind of, uh, bridge that connection. Yeah. And I, I realized talking to you, like <laughs> that's maintenance behind you, man. You know what I mean? Like if you got like one plant or two plants, you can handle it. But like, it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, you're responsible for a lot of plants. Like you can't really slack too much on, uh, skipping days watering them and shit right like <laughs> well so there's a lot of plants but it's really not as much work as as you think uh it's like watering once a week and you're just going around and touching the soil i don't really track the days i just touch the soil and when it needs water you water it and that's it it's just kind of like sweeping the floor washing the dishes it just becomes a part of um living and in your environment so it doesn't it doesn't feel like too much do they have names? I mean, they have like, like Species. common names. Yeah, yeah, but no. But you I don't, don't personally name them. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> what tea are you drinking? This is um, this is Yogi Sweet Ginger Citrus Turmeric Vitality. So, oh, that's the wrong side. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I got that's a ginger turmeric going myself. And uh, if you notice, well, first of all. Shout out to you and to everyone watching and listening. If you've seen this salt lamp, this was given to me by this man here, along with this candle burning right now, which is phenomenal. And I also have the other set in the other room you gave me. Dude, really, you were totally right on this, bringing a vibe to the room, for sure. Yeah, I think lighting's, lighting's important, you know, and smells are important. And... um you know, I kind of, uh, I kind of uh, see my my place as as somewhere pleasurable to be, and so I, I work on that, and you know, trying to incorporate smells and lighting and aesthetics that are pleasing. Yeah, man. I mean, dude, we were talking in the pre-show room. I mean, this conversation could probably go a thousand <laughs> different ways. Um, and it's one thing I really appreciate about our relationship over the years and uh, even recently this past year is every time I talk, I feel like it's a podcast, <laughs> like when we're on the phone. You know, we'll start talking about one thing and then next thing you know, we're like an hour and a half in talking about the deepest forms of spirituality <laughs> in present moments. And, and that's right. dope, man. It's, it's, uh, you're, 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 You've been an amazing uh, comrade over these years as uh, navigating life. And if, one, if I had to describe our relationship, I guess on the spot <laughs> as I talk it out, it's like yeah. you're, you're one of those people, as am I, 
where if we see a huge crowd of people over here, you and I were kind of the ones in our own ways to be like, well, what's over here? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that we just go to what's interesting, and sometimes there's other people there, and sometimes it's it's just us. But um, yeah, you know, and and it's interesting. Like, um, yeah, you're right. I didn't really think about that as all of our conversations, but you and I have been talking for I, I over I think over a decade, just around a decade, like consistently. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty wild to think about, man. Like very few people uh, know me quite like you. Yeah, yeah, you're kind of a man of mystery, man. You're a man of mystery, and that's good. <laughs> you know, and that's why, like, people ask me, you know, is what's Ty doing? I'm like, Ty's good. <laughs> I'm like, Ty's real good. Like he's he's chilling. Yeah. He's he's with plants. He's you know he's doing his thing. Uh, yeah, no, I I think about it, man. I think it was around junior year of college is when we really connected strong and then that senior year when i went to lafayette back in the sjd tv days <laughs> oh, yeah, man. oh yeah I mean, uh, yeah and now those and ever since then it's been it's been a ride it's been a ride with you and it's and i i'm very appreciative of that and i i just i'm, I'm i just love having people in my life where it's just an open canvas <laughs> you know what i mean it's like we're just trying to, we know our time is short here and we're just, I feel like you and I, especially like we'll have these, our own individual experiences then we'll, we'll share them with each other. Like, yo, this happened to me. It was crazy. <laughs> have you ever experienced this? You know, and we just, we talk about it. And I think that's dope instead of just being on autopilot, being numbed by society and never really, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I, I've just had the pleasure of, of getting to, to talk to you about some things that I've paused and thought about, you know, completely, completely random that um, really otherwise I would have just kept as a thought. But you and I have turned that into conversations and then like we'll have a, a conversation weeks or months down the road that goes back to that. It turns into like a series of conversations, you know, so yeah, man. Well, yeah. what's dope about it now that, it, you know, yeah. <laughs> now it's unraveling. It's like it's like a tennis match, man. And like. I'll tell you about this book. Boom, serve to you. And then you're like, yo, dude, you need to read this book. Boom, serve back to me. And, and I'm like, dude, that's so dope, man, to have people. I like what we're exchanging books. We're sending books to each other. We're extending uh, different interviews of people. Um, and, you know, it's so uh, stimulating to have that, you know. And I know both of us have had our own year of growth, to say the least. Um, this past year and previous years, but I was wondering maybe we could start maybe you telling me and us a little bit about your transformation, maybe from a spiritual perspective, because I know you've gotten more into meditation, uh, reading, plants, <laughs> things of that nature. So if there's, is there anything you can maybe in a nutshell describe your journey over these past 12 months? Over the past 12 months. So, I think I've been kind of on a journey of of um, trying to learn about things that people are doing that's bringing quality to their lives, and then 
I'm trying to practice that and incorporate it into my life. Um, I think for, for, you know, I had somewhat of, of a hard-headed or immature mindset for a long time. Like I could come up with uh, the formula to my own like peace or my own, I don't know, like I could figure it out. And, and it kind of took some time to pause and look around me and think, you know, why don't I utilize some of the things that other people are doing, the things that are right in front of us, things like meditation, um, things like reading, things like, um, you know, you and I are big fans of Naval, right? So finding people that inspire us and then seeking out more information from them. Uh, and so it's just been been this journey of of trying to make each day a little bit better by practicing some really simple things and seeing what works and what doesn't and what works I try to keep and what doesn't work. Uh, maybe I toss to the side and we'll try later or maybe not at all, you know, but it's really just about learning and trying to grow and trying different things to do that, you know? Yeah. I, uh, where did I read? It was in, uh, I'm reading uh, the laws of human nature by Robert green. Really good book. It's not the book of the episode yet because I'm not done with it, but it's, I mean, I'm really pretty blown away by it. It's really good. And he, he talks about the grass is greener on the other side uh, theory, which really isn't theory. It's a reality where we're constant. Nothing's ever good enough. Like as soon as you do get that mate one day, well, I think I can do better. Or I think the mate would be better if I had this, or you get that job finally. Well, it, it you know, I can do better. And I, I, and I don't think it's to be confused with wanting to better your situation sometimes, but, you do get to a point where you realize, at least I have, where this is going, and this is what he says, it doesn't end. You're constantly going to be, if you get caught in that race, you're, you're going to be thinking that way till the day you die. You know, and I, and I me personally, uh, going off some of the things you just said, these tools and these things, they've taught me to appreciate what is in front of me. And what is my reality? Not what I want my reality to be and what I think my reality is, but being satisfied and being happy and enjoying these moments. You know what I mean? Uh, absolutely, man. Um, I forget I forget what I was listening to, but it was, it was a podcast, I think, recently that was talking about um, – that that idea that we always are trying to get a little bit more once we get something we start looking for more and how to that we almost have to reverse engineer that out of us we have to deprogram that out of us because um that drive and that nature is something that our ancestors would have had in order to survive in order to sustain over time um now we live in in a in a time of excess we don't need that we don't need to do that anymore. You know, we don't need to, to constantly gather and then figure out where we can get more and find another place to store that. It's just not necessary, but that's still kind of ingrained maybe in who we are as humans, um, as animals. And so uh, I think that's a real challenge for us because it's, it's just something that we can know. Everybody knows the same, that the grass is greener, right? We, we're all aware of that trap. But we're always kind of either falling into it or catching ourselves from falling into it. But it's always kind of there waiting on us. It's interesting. Yeah. And it's even now, I mean, even now I, I realize, and as you know, too, meditation and 
staying present takes work. <laughs> like it's not like you, yeah. you meditate one time or you, you read these things in a book one time. Maybe some people do more power to them if they automatically. I think DeMello even says that. DeMello says like some people may hear what I say one time and get it and totally change their life. And some people may hear it a thousand times and never get it. But I realized like I'll look at my man like – I, and I think it's Eckhart Tolle or Tolle, however you pronounce his name, where he says, being aware that you're not, being aware that you're not present is still being present. And there, I've had a lot of those moments yeah. where I'll, I'll be in a situation like, hey, I'm not really mentally here right now. <laughs> let me, let me adjust. Let me soak this in. You know, mm. one thing I would say is a common theme that we've been talking about for a long time now is the present moment is really all we have. There's really nothing else. The past and the future. Yes, you should prepare for the future wisely in some regards, but at the same time, know that it's not guaranteed and that it's, it's not this. It's not here, not now. Yo, and I can, I can get with that. And I, I, I definitely, have, definitely have experience with, with being in the present, mm -hmm. right? But then I'm like, all right, I was in the present and I stepped back out into that mindset of looking behind me or looking in front of me. You know, it's like, good job, Ty. Like you were in the present, but like that living in the present, man. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that that takes a lot of practice and a lot of intention behind um, directing our thoughts and our actions towards that. Um, but it, it, it continues to evade me, man. Living in the present, I'm always getting tripped up looking in front of me, looking behind me. It's tough, man. Well, dude, talking to you too now, I realize another beautiful thing I've taken from you over the years is I feel you're a man of, uh, how do I word this? You're a man of simplicity, but very good simplistic taste. Like, you know, plants, for example, or uh, I think you've taught me to enjoy really simple things. Mm. You know, we've kind of been on the same page you know, with materialism and that type of thing, like how do we view the world in some regards. Uh, but it's really life. I'm learning, man, some of the simplest things are really the greatest joys that we can even, you know, no matter how much money you had, no matter how much access to whatever you have, something so simple can trump all that, I feel. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we should be going after the things we can get our hands on, right? And and I guess when I say get our hands on, it makes it a little possessive. But like, if we're desiring things, they should be things that we can reach out and obtain with a lot of suffering to get there, with a lot of stress to get there. Um, and so I think that I've I've kind of found a way to do that, right? The best way to to um, aid to the habit of plants is to work at a plant shop. And so you know, we, we, we find ways to get the, the, way, the stuff we desire. And um, yeah, I try to stay away from like looking beyond what's, what's around me. Yeah, because then, then you look back. I mean, shit, I've done it. Like <laughs> I'll look back five years ago on something or 10 years ago and like, man, that was a really cool situation I was in, but was I really present for that? Did I really enjoy that? Did I really make the best use of that? Or was I thinking about where I needed to be in some future that didn't exist? And I, that's what I love about Naval is I feel he's the perfect hybrid of, look, this dimension takes money. <laughs> 
mm. and you need money to survive. So you should take care of that so you don't have to worry about it. But after you hit a certain point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you're going to be lights out. You're going to check out. Um, but the society in this world, it's just money, 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 money. Like it, it all every aspect of life it's about getting you know when we're going through high school it's like you got to get to college so you can get the good job and then you get to college got to get the degree so you can get the job you get the job well this one's okay but it's not good enough you got to get a better paying job <laughs> you know and then it's like it's just it's just a constant going up the thing and i'm not saying like i mean that's how it's set up but it's i i personally don't or never, never have seen like dedicating my whole life to that race. It just doesn't, I don't know. For me personally, it doesn't fulfill me, you know? Well, I think that, I think that, you know, I am not in this group. I, I wish I could claim to be, but a lot of people our age and especially people younger than us are realizing that, uh, um, you know, possibly a better way to do that is to find ways to generate money themselves you know I, I do think that the days of getting into a company and just working hard and grinding and staying in it uh, for 40 years or whatever that's that's long over right and um you can you can generate money but the kind of financial freedom Naval talks about um he talks about we have to we have to find a way you have to find a way to generate money that's not based on hours worked right you're not trading time for money because in that system you're never going to accumulate anything you'll all just be trading everything you get for your time to get it um and i think more people are realizing that and coming up with creative and innovative ways uh, to generate their own money based on their interests based on the things that they love and that they're already doing uh, so it's really exciting you know um and we all have that opportunity to kind of find our niche and to make our passions um actually generate uh income for us you know the rat race man the rat race is outdated i think but i'm stuck in it you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like but at the same time too here's the thing too it's you know someone once said to me you don't want to be that 70 year old walmart greeter but then after like doing all this work and reading and just inner looking inward it's like well Maybe that may not be an ideal situation, but what if I am? What if I am a 70-year-old Walmart greeter? What if I'm the happiest, uh, most positive 70-year-old Walmart greeter you ever met? Maybe some 70-year-olds that work at Walmart absolutely love it. Yeah, it's funny that people say stuff like that. That doesn't sound too bad to me. You know, they just greet <laughs> just people. say hi. <laughs> no peeps, good morning, you know. I, I kind of like that. Well, I think, too, it's it's all perspective too, and attitude. A lot of things are attitude. And I know I've had attitude adjustments with myself, like back in the day, which, you know, 10 plus years ago, it's like, Oh man, I don't want to work for anyone. And you know, it's like, I just want to keep creating stuff, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, reality hits you <laughs> and you do, you do fall into maybe a line of work. Like would it, would it be your number one choice if you got to choose anything? Probably not but it's something that you do enjoy and can be good at and, you know, live an enjoyable life with. I, I mean, there is a balance to it all. I, I, I guess I'm just talking out loud. It's, it's not always in a black and white situation. Like there are shades of gray to be a part of maybe the rat race a little bit, but then also 
having the attitude be uh, not absorbed by it completely. Like you, you see it for what it is and you're able to step outside of that at the end of the day, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think the rat race is more of a mindset, right? Than a job anyways. Like I, I think that's the whole thing with it is, is not really what you're doing, but um, what's driving you, you know, I think that's, that's, the more significant part of the rap race because we all we've all got to work and we're all going to have bosses and the way to get more money is to get promoted right and um there's nothing wrong with that and and that system is is effective to some degree right we still use it but um it's when we get caught in that mindset you know i've got caught in that like trying to, i just went and tried to go for a promotion you know and i was really digging into it and even while it was happening i felt myself just getting ripped like wrapped up in that mindset and um yeah i was i was full-blown rat racing in my mind you know and uh yeah i think that's the tricky part to navigate yeah well not exactly the same. Well, shit, it's actually a different realm, but shifting your lifestyle rather, uh, you've definitely are pretty knowledgeable in terms of like the homeless community and situations. And that's one thing I definitely wanted to get your perspective on. Um, you know, especially here in like Los Angeles, it's a major, major thing. Um, but through talking with you and, you know, doing more research, you realize that, wow, it's, it's actually a lot easier to become homeless than a lot of people think. And uh, again, it's, it, you shouldn't be really judgmental when you see it because it's like you have no idea what that person went through. And um, I was just wondering if you could just give us some perspective on uh, how you view it all and maybe a different side people may not understand or have heard. It's a really like... That was a really broad topic. Um, yeah, I, I actually had the chance to, um, I went through LA in April, May, something like that, and um, went through Skid Row. Uh, and I had been there in 2015, so about five, six years later, and I, I couldn't believe it had even, you know, grown so much since the last time I had been through there. But, um, you know, I can't really, there's patterns nationwide, but I can really only kind of speak about my um, experience in Denver with, with what's happening here. And, uh, you know, if you're living in a city and hearing this somewhere else, it's, it probably sounds similar, but there's, there's just a, what seems like an ever growing uh, people, a population of people that can't find um, housing. And uh, it's, it's just getting harder and harder in cities because the rent is going up um, absorbently and the the jobs aren't uh they're just not paying the rent anymore and so the days of just go out and get a job work full time that doesn't cut it in a lot of cities i mean you're in la you know that doesn't cut nope. it. <laughs> i mean and so to just think it's as simple as people should work harder or get a job or get two jobs and generate more money and get rent it, that's um, unfortunately, just just you know, it's really incorrect. Um, it's getting impossible for low-income people to live in cities, and so a lot of the people that we're seeing on the streets um, aren't the same uh, types, you could say, of people experiencing homeless that we've seen 
uh, decades ago. We're seeing a lot more people that are um, maybe in their 50s, older age, that are experiencing homelessness for the first time in their life. They've been housed their whole life, but after a series of hardships and increased rent prices, uh, they just could no longer pay. And, um, you know, I think Denver has, uh, I want to say the reported homeless population is around like four to 5,000, but um, the estimated population is probably a lot closer to eight to 10,000, um, maybe even more. I'm, I'm certainly not an expert on this, but um, I do have some experience with it. What, what so do you? Don't, so don't quote me on those numbers. You know? Right, right, right. <laughs> what, what do you think? I mean, what's, I mean, I don't know, maybe you don't know, but like, what, what, what are reasonable solutions? Like, what are some things that cities can do or? Uh, communities can do you think to help this yeah, they can follow um, well there's a, there's a few there's a few things that are working really well um, there's an organization in Oakland called Bay Area Community Services and they're doing a lot of um, they're doing a lot of great things in Oakland in period they're doing great things they're uh, the city's purchasing um, old buildings hotels and motels and uh, apartment buildings and converting those into um, permanent housing uh, for people that were experiencing homelessness. And they had been doing that for a while. Um, when COVID came, uh, the federal government got involved and started putting programs in cities that uh, basically did that. This, they leased out um, hotels and they put them up as a, um, temporary emergency homeless shelters. And they had a program for people uh, that are high risk of either developing COVID or experiencing severe symptoms. They would qualify for this program as kind of like a way to quarantine them um, to keep them safe during, um, you know, back in 2020 when things were real wild and nobody knew what was going on. And um, that's kind of when all of this started. But, but what we're seeing and what other cities are seeing is that this model works, you know, using these buildings that might be underused or, um, you know, the other reality is, you know, maybe some cities have too many hotels. Maybe it would be better to repurpose them as shelters. That could be a, a bigger need than another hotel in the business district. So cities are starting to ask those questions and find ways to get the money to either purchase or lease those properties and turn them into housing because um, we're never going to see people uh, just go from the streets to back into an apartment and working uh, without, without new interventions and without creating places for them to live because uh, the rent has just gotten outrageous in cities. And it's a problem that's going to compound and get worse unless more intervention um, is done. Yeah, I know Denver rent definitely has gone up, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it has, um, but I came in the wave. And so I experienced the rent. I was kind of at the beginning of when rent started to get high. So I'm not one of those people that can be like, oh, I remember when rent was yeah. $3 a month, you know. But the, the people that are from here, you know, they, they hate on us transplants sometimes because we all came and drove up the rent prices. I wanted to go with that. Uh, so you and I have both journeyed across the country in our own way to our own places. And 
you know, whenever I hear or having a conversation with someone and they're thinking of moving to a new city, I'm like, man, go do it. <laughs> like, go do it. Yeah, Such a absolutely. beautiful experience. Because um, how long have you been in Denver now? Been here seven years? Yeah, just past seven years, absolutely. What was that moment like? Because you went from Lafayette to Denver, correct? What was that? I, I guess what I'm just randomly picking this to talk about. It's like I'm, I am curious. I don't know if I've really asked you. Like I remember talking to you back then, but what was your mind like? Okay, you're like you knew you wanted to go to Denver. Yeah, what was the, what I was the push? The, like what was the yeah. thing? Like man, I gotta go. I'm gonna go to Denver. I remember the moment. I remember the moment. Um, so I had I had I think started coming out to Denver in like 2012. Um, well, I was actually in Boulder then. I was hanging out in Boulder and I would come to Denver and um, loved it. You know, everybody that comes to Colorado loves Colorado. And so I had been kind of kicking it around and I wanted to leave Lafayette. I had been there about eight years. And um, it was in January. We had, I think, what's that? What's that? Oh, you, you've lived out here. I don't know if you'll know the name of it. I think it's called a polar, polar vortex. Have you heard of that? What is it? Um, it's I, I don't know what it does, but basically it gets cold as hell. It, it, you know, I don't know what happens, but it sh sends cold air down. Like, And so do you remember Tom? Tom was yeah. with me in, in the house and it was like everything shut down. It was that cold. You couldn't go outside for more than like 10 minutes or you were at risk for frostbite. You were supposed to stay home because if your car broke down, like you were in danger. It was that kind of cold and it lasted a few days. Yeah, it was in Lafayette. And I remember we were sitting there and we were like moving to Colorado and we both did. We both, we both, just moved, <laughs> we both moved to Colorado. Like, it, was, it was in that moment. That's yeah. similar to me when I was a senior year at Western and walking across the parking lot in the below zero snow. I, right. I had to uh, light my, uh, my, my old car had the iced over key thing. I couldn't open up the car. Uh, couldn't even my get head you out couldn't. the window because the ice was so bad on my windshield. And I remember this, the, it just pelting me in the face and I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm done. Right. I didn't know where out west it was going to be. It turned out to be Tucson right away. But I'm just like, yeah, this isn't cool, man. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. funny. Well, just like, yeah, we're going to Denver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was just like that. It was just like that. And it's been great, man. It's Colorado's a Colorado's a great state. Um, you know, and uh, I'm probably gonna make like if anybody local hears this, they're like, don't tell people that. You know, slow down the movement, but. A lot of people associate crazy snow and, you know, all that with Colorado. And I even had people from the Midwest being like, why are you moving out there? You don't like the cold weather. And, but it's a really mild climate here. It's beautiful weather for the most part. We get, we get blizzards and we get snow, but um, it's pretty mild for the most part. And it's gone pretty quickly, isn't it, right? Yeah, yeah the, 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 we get a lot of sun, and so the sun really melts it. There's not a lot of – because we're higher in the atmosphere, right, like the – the sun isn't as filtered, and so it's really direct sun on, on the snow, and it just melts it quickly. And then the nature. I mean, when I went out there a few years ago, I mean, man, uh, Red Rocks, or Red Rock, uh, your version of Red Rock. <laughs> There's the Vegas Red Rock. Right. 
Yeah, which is actually, it's funny, like, that's my favorite memory of Vegas, probably. My, my favorite thing I've ever done in Vegas is the hike we did at Red Rocks Canyon or National Park. I don't know what it is, but um, that's my favorite. Lot. Yeah, that's my favorite thing I've ever done in Vegas. How is such a... <laughs> <laughs> such a crazy crazy hike but i remember doing it pushing to the limit and then getting to the you know with the destination we had gotten to and it was so peaceful so calm uh just made you really appreciative i mean nature nature really has so many lessons to teach us <laughs> so many lessons to teach us like you you go into nature not even knowing you're going to learn something and you you, you learn something well, that was an interesting hike for me because I think that that was the first time I had ever, um, that I can remember that I had ever um, like firsthand seen or experienced an oasis. You know, I, I remember like reading about that, uh, yeah. like in really early like books about geography, but we were in the desert and I remember as we were hiking here in some water and like going and finding this little lush patch with like trees and brush brush and this flower you know i had never seen anything like that in the middle of the desert that was um that was just kind of beyond me to experience it was it was rad yeah it was uh and then when i went out to colorado we went to red rock uh on that special trail you showed me <laughs> we shouldn't have done that I remember, I'll never forget. You should not follow me everywhere I go, sir. I remember, I remember <laughs> like, hey, we're going to go this way. And I remember looking at the path and then where you were trying to go. And I'm like, are you sure about this? <laughs> like, are you um, sure? And, but then you get to the point in it where I was committed at some point and there was no going back. So we, <laughs> we had to finish it out. But yeah, I shouldn't have done that, definitely. We, we got like cactus probably. <laughs> we didn't get bit by rattlesnakes or anything. Though. It was all right. That very yeah. That, that it was, was all right. I definitely would go to Golden, Colorado again. Golden is amazing. Yeah, Golden is beautiful. Especially the part where uh, we're just walking around and you're like, "Hey, turn around," and I turn around, and it's the Coors Light building, and it was it was honestly one of the most mind blowing moments of my life because. <laughs> zero idea that the Coors headquarters was there and as soon as I turned it immediately flashed to like college and all the Coors light bottles I had ever seen <laughs> yeah well that was just such like a weird day anyways right because we take a train from Denver to Golden yeah and then we're wandering around getting lost at, on like the golf course and like it was just like a it end up by the river and like there was like these dudes on these huge I don't even know what they were, man. You know, they like were hybrid, these, like double kayaks with them sitting on a chair. And they were so serious. <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. And we snake around and like, yeah, yeah, the Coors Factory. It was just a real like, it was a bizarre day, man. And we took the bus all the way back and it took like three hours. Yeah. And if you're, if you're, well, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're familiar with Denver, we, we took, the 15 or i don't even know if it's the 15 in golden but we took we took a bus from golden all the way down colfax which turned into it was a long ride on nobody should be on colfax for that long well, i remember you told me too you're like hey man this is going to be a learning experience because you're about to take a bus public transit 
through all parts of Denver, the good, the not so good. And it really was, it really was an interesting thing to witness, like to just uh, see that, you know, how diverse the world really is, you know, like you stay in your pocket of play. And that's why I think what gravitates me, especially like I've really enjoyed Los Angeles is, I mean, each neighborhood you go to changes, like it, it changes very quickly. And in some cases, languages and cultures and all these different things. And I don't know. I think I think it's dope to be exposed to all that. Mm. Uh, and and we've both talked like maybe that's that's what. I, it's funny because yeah, uh, I was talking with Smitty on the podcast uh, yesterday, and we were talking about eventually wanting to get out of cities. But there are definitely a lot of things that do draw me to cities. Are you like out there though in LA? Like, are you out? Like out and about right now? Yeah. Well, oh yeah. I forget. California has been a lot more shut down than that. And I had my injury. So no, pre pandemic previous, were you out? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You were shaking and grooving. (laughs) Moving and grooving. Not like uh, mainly in the acting scene, but not as, not as much like going out to like clubs and stuff. I didn't really, I I Mm. got days out in Vegas, but definitely out. And especially for my job too, man, just driving around everywhere and, uh, I, I, to me, it was a beautiful experience because I haven't traveled the world, but I felt I got the next best thing, <laughs> which was to be going into different parts of town where I'm, I'm the minority. I'm the only English speaking person. I'm the way mm. to be absorbed in that and to find different restaurants and different, uh, it just reminds, man, it's, it's a, it's a big world, man. <laughs> it's a really big world. And I haven't traveled the world. But I definitely see the appeal now, especially doing the type of work we've been doing this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like what I like about what I like about Denver is that um, I'm not out there at all. Like I don't, you know, especially like I don't drink anymore, so I don't really. I mean, I go out sometimes with my friends, but I'm I'm definitely not out at like bars and clubs and. Um, you know, I, I stick to myself for the most part, but it's nice that really on any night I can go out and do something. You know what I mean? And, and that I think for me is the beauty. I don't necessarily utilize everything around me all the time, but I love being able to, any day you want, you can go to a museum or you can probably see some live music or, um, you know, there's interesting little shops and just all kinds of cool local stuff, right? There's, um, you could spend a whole day kind of searching and find things you've never seen before and still only see, you know, just a small part. And uh, I definitely enjoy that about living in a city. Uh, uh, piggybacking off of that and another conversation we had about, uh, we we're talking about being home buddies too. Mm. You know, cause I'm, I'm to the point now where like, yeah, man, like I, I'm down to go do some things like for a short period of time, but that, that window hits me where I'm like, all right, time to split, <laughs> like time to, uh, get back like those days of like we're just gonna let loose and go wherever like i'm not saying i'm never gonna do that again in my life but i don't seek that (laughs) well i was i was unaware i was unaware of how much energy sometimes i was spending being out Mm -hmm. and i think that i used to see like my energy level as directly related to like being tired or not tired right and when i started understanding um 
just being involved with things like we're, we're putting energy into that. So to go and be around people and to go and be at this place or to go and be at this restaurant, like, yes, it's nice to be around people. It's nice to eat some good food, but we're kind of sending out and absorbing energy in everything we do. And um, for me, for some people that can be like really charging and, and for me that can be kind of exhausting. So I'm, I'm a little bit cautious of what I put my energy into. And um, so I, I definitely like to spend a lot of time at home, you know, chill with the plants, read. Uh, <laughs> like sometimes I feel like sometimes I'll kind of come into it cause I'll just be like, I'll get home from work and I'll just be like sitting on the couch for like a minute, like looking forward. I'm like, man, like, I don't know. I kind of like feel like if somebody saw this, I think I'm like crazy. Like if they look through the window, I'm just like a dude sitting on the couch, staring straight ahead at the wall. But You're Serpico, man. You're Serpico. Serpico. That's a great film, man. It's a great film. But what was dope about Serpico was I, I took from that was like his pad was so customized. You're mm. so customized because there's a difference between getting a place and putting up the basics but then like doing what you've done and really blowing it out and really personalizing then, you know, I uh, know you got books and I believe you have a globe. <laughs> I'm not trying to disclose everything I've seen in your apartment, but it's like, uh, it's, dude, it's, a, it's a cultured spot. You do. You've had a record player. You're the first person I really knew that had records. I remember back in Lafayette, man, I loved it, man. Listening to all those records you had and uh, it's just, it was a different experience. You know, it's like listening to music differently. You know, it's like you can't read on a Kindle. You got to read a paper book. It's like, man, get rid of that digital music. We're going to play a record, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm totally like kind of just like a corny traditionalist about things. I like I like hard books. I think the records are cool, you know. I've got a typewriter over there. I don't know if it works or not because I'm not even sure I can use it. But, um, you know, I, I I like to remember where we started, right? Not everything came from a screen. In fact, most of the things that I really enjoyed didn't come from a screen, you know. I know you've uh, dove more into meditation this past year. Could you talk about maybe what that practice has done for you or meant for you or how you utilize it perhaps? Yeah, so um, I, I, I've experienced, you know, I've experimented or practiced um, kind of informally with meditation for a long time, you know, probably over 10 years easily, um, informally, you know, in different phases, not, not necessarily like uh, continuously by any means, but, um, you know, I had a friend that started kind of they showed me some some techniques, some simple ways to kind of, uh, or that they thought could kind of deepen my practice. And I started to to apply those and practice those and find benefits from it and kind of grow from that. Um, you know, and, and I, I started uh, kind of studying Buddhism and Buddhist practices uh, of meditation and going to meditation center here to get um, some actual like practice and, and, um, a little bit of, uh, instruction with it. Right. But all of that's kind of like the formal meditation, which is really what I thought meditation was, was that kind of ritual, you know, like get down in the morning, 
get get on the pad and light a candle or whatever you do, you know, and have that moment, right? That's kind of what I always practice. And what I'm learning now is is that kind of um, that practice that is continuous, right? Like when you're walking, when you're eating, when you're driving, you know, when I find my mind drifting, taking a moment and bringing myself back to the present or back to the breath, or sometimes if I'm driving, you know, a good place to put it is just on driving. Like I think of just like just driving, no, no external thoughts. And I'm just learning how beneficial that practice can be. Like, it's great to do. I, I love the ritual um, practice of meditation just in itself, you know, sitting on the floor and um, you know, kind of having that Zen as they speak, as they say, but um, what I think is more useful is learning how to apply meditation into to every moment that we can, you know, yeah and well shoot you, you talk about you know, i think it's empowering now he talks about mm. you're gonna do the dishes just do the dishes <laughs> just mm -hmm. do them feel the water feel it really is i mean man like i talk to you about this all the time and it, it's i don't know if i call it a downfall or it can, it can be for me but social media I, I just felt it man i felt that my attention span was terrible my Thoughts were constantly on checking posts and that, and I just finally deleted the apps off my phone for a few days. And it, dude, it was a, it was like night and day. <laughs> as soon as mm. I did, that, I was so cleansed, and I was able to like really focus in on stuff again. And it, I, I'd say all that to be like, man, like how many things do we do on autopilot where we're not paying attention at everything, all? everything, everything, everything. In <laughs> fact, I think that like if we're not on full autopilot, pilot most of the time we're just on like this little step down from it, right? Like it's still just a little bit, I, in my experience, most of us aren't thinking most of the time. Yeah. We're just, yeah. just kind of buzzing around like bugs to a light. Just mindless. Yeah, man. I, yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing, uh, I, again, I have to keep bringing, <laughs> bringing up Naval, but Mm. his form like when he says about meditating how in you know the chants and stuff are cool too and there's different types and all that but you know him saying like literally just sit there and do nothing just do nothing and whatever comes up comes up and i i really feel and like he explained it as a bunch of things are going to come up and you're like wondering and questioning like why is this coming up and then other things come in but like eventually it all kind of fizzles down again it's like your mind's way of like cleansing itself and rebooting. And it really makes you realize, man, like, is this how I think all the time? <laughs> like, am I just like in this neurotic state of, uh, I'm, uh, I guess I, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but another quote I saw was, the thing worse than the wrong decision is indecision. And it so hit me because I'm like, man, it's a lot of times indecision happens because we're just all over the place. But when you, when you clear your mind and you wipe the table of the BS of a lot of it, the answers become pretty clear, usually, not all the time. But so it's a very, I mean, man, I can't even imagine if we would have been learning this, like even back in high school, but before that, you know, how differently life's perspective may have been or will be. Um, well, but that's, that's what's cool is, um, you know, shout out to Nathan Taylor, right? Like where we grew up, this was 
kind of foreign language. And I, I don't know exactly his role in it, but I know that he's um, brought like the breathing tree. And now, now that's a, a part of the town that it was completely absent of that when we were there. And people are learning about that and it's becoming common language for children and families. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. So um, we may have caught on to it later, but um, you know, we're, we're very blessed and privileged that we caught on to it at all, you know. Uh, they say that's a sign of great karma to even come in contact with these teachings. We are very yeah. blessed. Yeah. And um, anybody like, like Nate that's um, bringing this message to other people, I just think is beautiful um, because you're right. This, this is something that if we learned early on, man, we'd be like maybe solid practitioners of it by now, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy to be doing it now. Nonetheless. Absolutely. And yeah, and that's in Canton, Illinois, correct? The breathing tree? Yeah. 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 And I definitely... I've never actually been there. I, I hope I got the name right in the information. I've never actually been there. I just know that it exists. Now, that is dope of him, man. Like, that is dope. Like, I don't personally know him, but I know of him. And I, I think that is amazing to go go explore the world and then bring... It's like it's like a Lupe Fiasco when he... Oh, what song is it? Gosh, dang it. Uh I think it's I'm beaming. He's like, you don't come back unless you learn something. Like when you're leaving a place to come back and it's like going somewhere, learning something, and then bringing that back to a community that didn't have oh. access to something like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's, I'm not trying to dog us out, right? I'm just saying, but like, you know, they say that there's, there's no real honor in leaving your home to become enlightened if you don't bring that back to your home, you know? And so we, we went away and learned, but you know, I, I think it's beautiful how he's brought that, he went away and learned these things and brought it back to his home. And that's, that's you know, a true act of virtue, you know? Um, Even like Bill Cook, man, the Bill Cook medical. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect man, guy that hit pretty much as big as you can get. How beautiful, right? And he's like, hey, I'm gonna give back and creates jobs and- creates How beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know what's crazy? There's this book, uh, my friend Julian, shout out to him, got me called The Art of Noticing. And one of the exercises they give you to do in it, and I've actually tried this a couple times, go read whenever you see like statues or park benches, or they're all over when you really start to pay attention, especially in city, like even towns, they're everywhere. Those little memory or those uh, dedication plates, mm. go read those and then go look it up on Google or wherever and go learn about those people. It's interesting. You know, because usually those are people that were part of a community. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if they make it big or they, they did well in life to some extent where they were able to give back to it. Mm. So that, yeah, it's something that I'm glad you brought that up. That is something to think about. Yeah, I mean, that's that I think that that giving back is. Is everything right? That's that's practicing love that's practicing compassion you know and um you know i think anything good that we get in this life it, it comes from a place of love peace and compassion there is nothing else you know i don't know how far we want to go down this hole but uh <laughs> i think too you know we have talks about you know being a parent if we were to ever uh, be in those positions in, in this exact realm would be one of my motivators too. Cause I do feel not that I'm in a position now to do it, but it's like, man, it's like, 
having certain experiences and going through certain things and meeting certain people. And it's like, man, if I did have an offspring, being able to pass down some of this stuff to someone at a, from the beginning, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, going to the Bhagavad Gita where they talk about people who are very enlightened in their past life and maybe not had hit that top plateau of enlightenment, their next life, they're immediately brought into a family where they're taught meditation, where they're taught a lot of spiritual practices and this yeah. kind of and that sounds great, man. But my parents tried to keep, teach me all kinds of stuff, and I was just like, okay, yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, that's like, a good point. That's yeah, a good yeah. point. <laughs> so I mean, it's a great thought, but like some kids just don't listen, man. They want to go hang with their friends, man. They want to. <laughs> right. They're like, hey, come here. I'm going to teach you about meditation. They're like, okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> ride my bike. Yeah, well, maybe scrap that idea. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think that that's, I think that that's, um, you know, and that's, that's something that's kind of cool, right? Like some of these practices we're talking about are, are kind of like Eastern practices that are fairly new in this country, right? Like, yeah. um, especially being practiced in mainstream, like there's yoga all over the place. Like, yoga, yeah, I'm not, never mind. I shouldn't have brought up yoga. Anyways, like it, it's new stuff here. It's new to us, but there's there's people that are coming from Asia that they have lineages of Buddhism and meditation. You know, they've been their family's been been Buddhist for potentially like thousands of years, right? Thousands Hundreds of years. of years. So um, you know, that's a trip to think about too, is that, you know, in our culture this is new information, but this is this is old news to a lot of the world, man. You've actually humbled me quite a bit, but just say what you said because I just realized, like, oh yeah, man, meditation, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, go go across the ocean, be like, dude, we've been on this shit for thousands of years, dude. Yeah. Like, I've been doing this shit since I was like six. <laughs> right. That is actually really humbling now that I think about it. It's very humbling. Well, and I think that a lot of people meditate. It's it's getting a little bit better, but a lot of the the word meditation can kind of turn people off, right? Because um whatever connotation they they built to it like some of our parents generation like they first heard about it with like george harrison when they you know when when they came back from india and like it became a little pop pop culture and um, it was a little bit seen as woo woo and new age right and so a lot of people have these strange connotations around words like meditation and karma and um but but we have principles that we discuss them nonetheless you know prayer prayer for a lot of people is um i mean i i don't really distinguish it from meditation um but we have kind of a different language to express that that some of us are more comfortable with well, and i'm glad you said that because uh so eric and i started re-watching jesus of nazareth mm, great um, you're so doing somewhere to watch that man and that was Dude, and I, when I watched that last time, I like went into work at this work meeting and I was like, I forget what they were talking about, but I was like, yo, I just watched Jesus of Nazareth this weekend. And he started busting out the Pharisees and saying, you're honoring the letter of the, the law, but not the spirit. Like I went on this rant that I was like inspired <laughs> by watching Jesus of Nazareth. It was funny, man. Well, and I see, I bring Jesus up and as I've read, reread the gospels uh, this year, I have a whole new perspective of Jesus and the Gospels and reading the Bible than I did. 
I think you, I've actually proved your point. Uh, back to when I was younger and it, like all with good purpose, like going into church right away. But again, when you're a kid and people are telling you this, this, and this, you're like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, Right. But now to come back to it now after reading other things and uh, meeting a lot of different people from all over the world, it's like, okay, what Jesus is saying here in the Gospels, a lot of this is similar to the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> a lot of this mm-hmm. is it's, – it's all – they're all saying the same thing a lot of it. I'm not, and again, I'm not stepping on anyone's beliefs. Or what, but my point uh-huh. is we're all – a lot of us are all really trying to say the same thing. Yes, it may be in different languages or it may be in different stories. But at the end of the day, a lot of it ties back into how you can be a really good person and live your life and treat others and really perceive this existence in a certain way. I mean, that's at least how I've interpreted it. Yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of times when I hear people talking about religious views especially, right, but they, they use the word truth. Um, mm. I, th- I think, yeah, I mean... And I think that that's just, uh, it creates a little bit of discord, right? Because it's subjective. Um, you know, I think it, it really, like, I, I just find myself not really getting caught up so much on truth, right? Like, yeah. like what's true or what's not true isn't really a concern to me. It, it really goes back to that piece of, like, is this, um, is this promoting love, peace, and compassion? And, and if it's doing those things... Um, I'm really not worried about where it's coming from, right? And uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. I agree with you that you know it's great you read the Gospels because that's like uh, it, it's arguably the most important part of the Bible, right? But most people that have been practicing Christians their whole life have never actually read the Gospels. Like I remember when you were doing it, like you went through each book and read it. And it's it's there's good stuff in there, man. dude. Great stuff. <laughs> like that's dude, that, there's... Was, he was phenomenal, dude. And like, that's the thing. I'm like, dude, Jesus is like the man. <laughs> like, especially like watching the Jesus of Nazareth and going to the text. And now, like, and I'm, I'm I think I'm just going to make a habit of just continuously going back and forth between those two because the more I read it, the more I understand what they're portraying in the movie. And then, mm. you know, the part where. Uh, he's really starting to come out and reveal himself to people. And he's in his hometown of Nazareth and they're basically booing him off the stage. And he's like, only in a home, only in, uh, in a prophet's hometown is he not (laughs) appreciated. And I'm like, dude, let that sink in. Like he's talking about haters. He's talking about people you grew up with and they see something like, Oh man, screw you, man. Which is just so much just good stuff. And my favorite part probably about Jesus, one of them at least, is when he goes to eat at Matthew's, the tax collector's house. And he's with, there's prostitutes and there's whatever. And people are like, how can you dare go there? He's like, dude, I didn't, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. Dude, I didn't come here for the healthy. I came here for the sick. And I'm just like, dude, take that, just take that, what he just said. And apply that to the real world right now. In a world where we're just, I mean, now more than ever, arguably, just the most divisive over every single issue there can possibly be. It's like, you're either this or you're that. And if you're that, we're going to do this. And if you're on this, we're going to do that. It's like, man, everyone just needs to fucking chill. Yeah. Man, you told me, you told me 
probably, I don't know how long, nine months. It was like back in like February or March, man. You were like, stop watching the news. And I stopped watching the news and I haven't, I haven't, I don't go to news sites anymore. Every once in a while I'll look up like a specific article, but yeah. um, I'm kind of out of touch with how divisive things are, man. I'd followed that advice and I have not gone back to it. And uh, it's funny because I hear about the divisiveness all the time and I know it's there, but it's not really a part of my world. And what I learned from that is how unnecessary it all is, right? Y'all are arguing over things that I'm just staying out of and none of it is affecting me. So what are you arguing about? You know, it's, it's, it's just become arguing for the sake of arguing and just, um, it's sad, man. It's just sad. I, I, I forget that that's going on. Like I said, I, I live in my own little world. So Beautiful. And I need to retake my own advice. <laughs> yeah, man. I, you're back on the news. Uh, no, I've gotten better. There, there was a, there was a stretch where I got into it, but then you realize, man, it's entertainment and it's to sell, uh, Moa said it on this podcast. He goes, dude, it's all based off advertising. Like right. fear and anger cause people to constantly check the news. I think Gandhi said he gave up reading the newspaper for three years. Now, look, if a meteor is going to hit Los Angeles in 12 hours, I want to know that. <laughs> Why? Well, so I can bail. <laughs> I think you'd be cooked, man. I don't, I don't know if you're going to get it. Maybe that wasn't the best example. <laughs> but like certain things you do want to keep informed. But then, hey, dude, it gets to a point where they have a new story every day, man. They have a new story that's right. going to fire everyone up. And you're exact, I just got done talking about this next door with a couple of friends, uh, Eric and Ford. I'm just like, a lot of people, I think, don't even know what they truly believe. They're believing, and Naval said this. He's like, their their opinions are formed on other people's opinions. They watch all these opinions and they form their opinion on the pin, opinions, but they actually don't do the homework and the research and actually look at the issues and actually dig down and ask themselves, how do I really feel about this? So like, no, I'm this political party or I'm that political party. And this political person said, you see what I'm saying? It's like, we're, we're literally creating chaos out of nothing. Dude, I don't think anybody takes a moment like takes the time to actually do thoughtful research like nobody gets triggered goes off on this mission to do some thoughtful research and then come back and post a smart ass comment like nobody's doing that no nobody has, show ever, you, yeah. has ever done that in the history of the internet has paused gone to do their fuck sorry this is a podcast i'll fuck it I, I already do their fucking yeah. research <laughs> And, and then come back to say the little comment. No, man, you got to say that in the moment. You got to say that when you don't even know what you're talking about, but you're <laughs> going to talk. That's when you comment, man. You don't have time to think or do research. Dude, I go, you reminded me of something you told me uh, in a conversation we had was, uh, and dude, I, I've actually, so you took my advice about the news. I've taken your advice on this. There are certain topics and issues that, it doesn't matter what you present to this person or what they present to me. Neither of us are probably changing our minds on it. And no. that's cool. And that's cool. It's not like not everything should be you having to talk someone into. Now, look, are there, when I say all this, I want everyone to listening, watching to understand. <laughs> yes, there are certain issues out in the world that are messed up that need to be addressed. I'm not talking right. about those. I'm talking about just other minute things that people flip out about and, uh, Look, if someone 
believe has a certain political view on this and they have like they grew up a certain way this is why they believe that who are you to like say hey man no that's wrong you you can't believe that you know what i mean so it's like i've learned to let go with things like look don't even it's not even like look my relationship i don't want my relationship with people to be based upon like our opinions of things like it's just not i i want i will communicate with people i want it to be my energy with them my soul with them my relationship and that's why i don't like about social media too and it's very easy to get very judgmental very quickly with people mm-hmm. that you know in person have had great experiences with but maybe they're posting some political stuff or whatever it is i mean even nutritional advice that no i don't really agree with that now it's one thing to be able to say that oh i don't agree you know but that's cool but after a while you know it it just meant it's a mental thing you know and it's just i just feel everyone's just verbal like vomiting everything in everyone's face and it's crazy yeah man a lot of us have this have this um this kind of compulsion or this impulse like that if there's something we disagree with or or something that um offends us that we have to be outraged and 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 i don't think that's new by any means i think that that's been happening um it's been happening forever you know if you if you go back to to plays right controversial plays long before social media long before television people were outraged about the content and plays It, it it's it's something we like to do that i don't i don't get right because uh, now that we have social media we get to post that outrage we get to make our outrage known um you know it's not just what we complain about around the dinner table you know that's where the outrage used to be in the church group or you know at the at the school board meeting or you know but now it's just everybody goes home and gets on the computer with their outrage and then you'll put it over here and put it over here and you'll share it with each other so you can all be outraged together and it's like yo just be offended and shut up you know who cares <laughs> i don't i you know i like i get offended sometimes but what does that matter that's so <laughs> well i'll actually tie it into something you were talking at the beginning of the podcast about uh that animal instinct for more mm. I, i've heard theories on why we're, we were so neurotic and crazy about things now is because we don't have to worry about hunting for food anymore. You don't have to worry about a lion jumping out of the, <laughs> well, not at least in the States. Uh, well, it depends <laughs> if you're in the mountains, there's mountain lions. But uh, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like we have a lot of comforts now that we're freed up to just let our minds wander to whatever. And I think a lot of people gravitate, and it's addicting to these uh emotional urges that social media and controversial topics create and it's so what not a healthy to, place to be dude not what do you say to somebody who tells you like yo sam i'm i feel like i get mad every time i get on facebook right like so they're telling you that they just every every time they get on facebook they're getting upset by it what's your response to that how do you how do you work through that uh, get off Facebook. <laughs> Don't get on it. Get off Facebook. The stove's hot. The stove's hot. Why is it so hot? Don't touch it. But I do the same thing. I, I mean, I do, I'm aware of it. Um, or I guess my advice would be to be, what are you getting on Facebook for? Are you, are you a business owner and you need to promote something so it's necessary? Or are you just on there to just pass time and you're bored? I would then say just 
ditch it if that's the case. Or if you are going to use it to connect with people, don't look at the feeds. Uh, I've done this before. I've, uh, like if I do get on to do a post or something, I'll block out the feed. But if I go, you know what, I want to see what Ty's up to. Let me go check out what he's doing. I'll, I'll consciously go to your page. I won't just randomly wait and just search my feed mindlessly. Because then you get, su- I mean, dude, that just open. it just, you get sucked in. You get sucked uh, in. I, I'd have to say the same. Like, I, I'm learning to utilize it that if I'm, I'm curious um, what somebody's been up to, you know, they cross my mind, then, then I try to go to their page directly um, because it's really easy for me to get lost in scrolling. And, and it's like, I don't know, I, I feel like I've heard it before, but a, a lot of it's just ads, right? Like a lot of the, a lot of the posts aren't even from, the, from our friends. They're just ads. Yeah, it's best to stay away. I'd agree. And actually you've motivated me like to even go further. Cause even with this podcast, if it wasn't for doing the podcast, I'd be off. I'd be off at this mm. point. But now it's like, all right, well I'm doing a, <laughs> I should post when it's out and stuff like that. But even then now I'm just finding, uh, I think Joe Rogan calls it post and ghost like post dip off. But uh. you know, like Facebook has a nice feature with messenger. Uh, I guess it's called Meta now, <laughs> or whatever it's called. Facebook changed. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even know what that. Would, I, I've I, heard I, that, but I don't know what that means. Yeah. So it's like, look, if you want to shoot someone a quick message you haven't talked to in a while, cool. Like but, that's cool. But I definitely feel it's not used what it used to be used for. Like even eight years ago, seven years ago. Yeah, it was cool when someone would shoot me a Facebook message and like, dude, I'm gonna be in Vegas, man. Uh, you around like it was a networking tool, but now it's just a pure, especially over the past few years. And now it's just pure mind warp <laughs> of right. just crap. <laughs> so I don't know, man, it's, uh, it just really makes me appreciate these practices as we've been talking about and to remind myself. And again, sometimes I'll even think, and my injury taught me this. And then also I'll sometimes Wayne Dyer talks about this. He says, have the near-death experience without the near-death experience. He's like, when you have a near-death experience, you like all these things happen. Like, oh my God, you see what's important. You see what you've wasted your time on. You see, he's like, dude, he's like, you can get there without having to almost die. He's like, just have that experience. (laughs) Go there. Like, think about it. Like, what would happen? Like, I have those thoughts of like, I don't know what death's going to be like. I have an idea. I, I have some guesses, <laughs> but I can be way off. None of us know. Yeah. You know, there's something kind of interesting you can do. I, I would only suggest doing this if you're, I don't know, fairly stable with the concept of death, but um, you can get on Google and you can find out like an average of minutes in a lifetime. And then you can start to do some math with your own life. And um, it's a trip to do that. It's a trip to kind of calculate how many minutes do I have left? Yep. How many minutes would I have left if I lived to this age? How about this age? How many minutes have, have I already, you know, spent? Um, it, it definitely puts some things in perspective and, and really starts to, uh, it, it's kind of weird to do uh, the math with minutes on your life. Um, and, and like I said, I, I wouldn't recommend doing that if you tend to go into dread, but 
uh, it can also be kind of uh, enlightening and uplifting to get real with those numbers. It's it's kind of interesting. Well, I got a couple things to say off that. It's uh, first of all, I <laughs> I got to interject. Uh, this is this is. <laughs> I couldn't have asked for more. Like what we just, I know I love how we just, we'll just go these directions, but uh, there's a stoicism <laughs> board where I think you fill it out by the weeks. I don't know if it's, I think it's weeks and they, they give it to you if you're living till 80 and they show you what it looks like when you start shading in the amount of weeks. If you lived it, mm. it might be months. I don't know. It might be months. Maybe they do it by months. So it's really significant when you see it. Uh, and I'll go to Anthony DeMello when he says the moment, you realize death, that's when you start living. And he tells the story of two stories I'll say real quick about the guy who falls off the cliff and holds on to the, it's like a flower branch, right? Something. And in that moment, he's like, I never realized how good the flower smelled or how good the strawberry tasted before he, I don't know if he ends up plunging to his death, but it's like, None of the stories are it was always over, so crazy. he appreciated. And then the other one he talks about, uh, I believe it was an AIDS patient who I was told you got six months to live and the guy fully believed it. And he looked at Anthony DeMello or whoever told Anthony the story and said, the doctor was right. I'm at the end. It's been six months, but he's like, this has been the best six months of my life. I've been the most happiest. And I didn't realize how much time I was just wasting in other stuff. Like it's really that to me, I think you're, I know you're right. It's like, yeah, death, I feel such a taboo thing to talk about, but at the same time, it's everywhere and it's going to happen to all of us. And to me, that's what lights my ass on fire <laughs> to be like, yo, yo, man, you, you're going to be checked out no matter what, whether you like it or not. So how are you going to spend your time? How do you want to spend your time? And it's, it's finding that harmony, right? Because we can't just fly around like the mayfly. I think that's a little insect that lives for one day. I remember this cartoon when I was a kid about this mayfly that was like flying around trying to get everything done in one day because they die. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, we don't want to run around like that. Like, oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time because then we, we lose that present. You know, we're not enjoying anything. But uh, we also want to fall out of that that trap of wasting time, you know, um, that trap of doing things that we don't that don't bring us pleasure and that don't help us grow. Um, I think it was you that uh, introduced me to the book Essentialism, right? Like, yeah, like learning learning how to do what you need to do with your time and how to cut out some of the extras because um, it's not about trying to pack more things in with the time you have. It's simply about not wasting it. Yeah. You know. And also having that awareness to recognize, um, and I know I've gotten better at this, like recognizing and knowing yourself. Like, for example, we were talking about we don't go out that much anymore. It, it's like, I know that I'm, again, uh, that's not to say that spontaneity doesn't exist. But overall, if someone tells me like, hey, we're going to go out to the bars and we're going to hop here and go there. It's like, no, I'm, I know for a fact I'm not going to enjoy that. I know what I enjoy and I know what I want to spend my time doing and I'm going to go do that. And that's just, I think having awareness of oneself and having mm -hmm. that ability to, I think too, one of the greatest things people can learn. I haven't read the book, but I've done enough in my own life. I think the power of no, the power of saying no to things. Um, Cause I know back in the day, man, I used to say yes to everything. And, and there's good and bad with that. It exposes totally, me. Man. 
but you get to a point in your life where like, all right, this is, it's not necessary for me to go do that. You can tell right. that person no and say it with confidence and with a smile and have fun. Like, or best of luck with whatever you're doing. I can't commit to that. You know? Oh yeah, man. Isn't it like, yeah, it's a trip. Like we, we worry so much sometimes. Like if somebody asks like, Hey, can you help me move? Like, you know, I get all weird about just telling them like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that, but we should feel free to do that. You know, we are yeah. the keepers of our time. We are, we, uh, we are who, we're accountable for our own time and the way we spend it. And I think that we should help people. I think we should do things that would bring other people joy, but I think we have to regulate that and, and, um, you know, do the things that make us happy at the end of the day. It's a two way street, right? Like you got to yeah. be able to dish it out, but you also have to be able to take it and understand like, Hey, p people may tell you no too. And you got to totally respect it and be cool. Cause you're right. Time, time is the most valuable resource. There's, that's all we got. I mean, I think it's Marcus. Really, I feel like this is the Kanye West Drink Champs podcast where they did the the name drop counter, <laughs> the book drop counter for this podcast. He's naming all these books. But Marcus Aurelius in meditation says, he goes, I mean, take the most wealthiest person and take you. You guys have the same exact thing, which is the present moment. None of you has more or less of the present moment than the other. We both have the same present moment. So, of course, some people have more resources and money and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, someone with the richest amount of resources and the most wealth would give every single bit of it away at the end of the line just to get more time. So that's where I'm in. You know, we start doing these. Uh, I was talking with Smitty yesterday. We were talking. He just turned 37. I'm going to turn 35 in March. And I'm like, I remember back when I was 20. And yeah, a lot has happened in 15 years, a lot. But there's 15 years and I go, the next 15, I'm going to be 50. And the next 15 is going to go faster because time goes faster the older you get. Right. So it just that perspective alone is like giving me like, okay, like, man, I know I got to take care of myself. <clears throat> I got to, you know survive but at the same time i want rich experiences i want rich relationships i want uh if it's if there is certain art i want to create i want to create that and really trying i'm, I'm in that space right now of really trying to i always call it panning for gold like getting rid of the bullshit and just keeping the gold like what in my life do i not need what do i not really want but i'm still doing because i think i have to be doing it no get rid of that just get down to what it is you want to do and architect your life from that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I like pictured you panning for gold for a second when you said that and got sidetracked. <laughs> um, I, I think that like, like me looking for that gold, man, I, I, I'm learning that it's possible every single day to create a space for one moment, right? For one moment where you can be present. Some days that might only be like a second or a few seconds. Some days it may be really, really hard. Some days I can get, you know, 20, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. There's been times where I've had, you know, an hour or more continuous, you know, of, of kind of just that, that full presence. Most of the time though, 
It's just a moment. Mm. And I'm learning how important that moment is because a lot can happen in a day that can really start to spin me off in other directions, right? But learning how to create that moment in the day where I bring things back to my breath or bring things back to like a, a spot on the floor, or bring things back to the way it feels that I'm sitting down in this chair, right? Or that the tea mug feels on my hands, like finding that, that kind of, that thing to focus on and bring me down it's crazy how it can take a whole day of kind of disarray and just it's gone for a moment. And then when you come back, it's a little bit lighter, you know, it still might be there, but it's a little bit lighter. Um, it's a beautiful thing, man. And it's, it's something we can all do. It's, it's not, there's no secrets to this. That's what I love talking to you about is all this stuff we're talking about. It just came from books, man. Like some of these books are like $8 books. <laughs> it just came from books and like eight bucks yeah, on Amazon, man. eight dollars yeah, <laughs> awareness. Yeah, like, and it's these simple, simple things that have absolutely transformed my life, you know, and, and, um, continue to do it. It's, it's just remind myself and bring myself back to it because it's, it's tricky to not get lost in the world and to get lost in the past, you know, get lost in the future. It's, it's a constant it's a constant thing for me well they teach us this in acting school and then also you look at who are the, some of the most conscious aware present human beings you know who they are they're children children are whatever they're doing it's the best thing in the world you know what i mean they're playing with that block or that choo-choo train or that whatever you need bubbles anything but we lose that the older we get and the more we get conditioned and the more we're like oh man now i gotta quote unquote be in the real world and do adult things. But it's like, no, that we have access to these things at any given time. And it's like Peter Pan too, man. It's like <laughs> it's the Robin Williams version where he was Pan. He becomes an adult. He forgets about it. But then Tinkerbell and all them recruit him back to Never Never Land. And then he has to remember. And then when he remembers, that's when the magic comes back. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, Man, I used to have so much fun playing in the backyard. Like, uh, do, do we used to remember we used to ride bikes all over camp? I mean, that dude, we freaking loved riding bikes. That that our summer was dedicated to riding bikes all around town and going to the ice or Shake Shack or Dairy Dream or wherever. That's all we did. All we did, dude. It, yeah, when you were saying that, it reminded me of those guys in, on the river in Golden Man. <laughs> They were, they were grown men, but they, they were living like children in that moment in the most beautiful way, man, just running down and like getting their, their inner tube and running up the river and riding it down again. It was just, it was, it was beautiful to see, man. Pure joy, pure joy. Pure joy, man. Well, and we've been going, we're well past the hour mark, man. We could be talking for three, four hours, but I, I know we got to wrap. Uh, this is, thank you for doing this, man. This has been a treat. Oh man, I I'm I'm a I'm a fan of this. So this is like, this is like uh, what did they used to say? What's that old uh, when Johnny would would bring someone down to sit on the couch? Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's how I feel now, man. Like <laughs> I, like I, I'm it's an honor and a privilege, man. And I I love talking to you. So uh, any opportunity to to do that, I'm there, man. Yeah, man. No, and I really appreciate your support because you do check out all the podcasts and. You, you know, you inspire me to keep going with it. And, you know, like I told you, man, this is one of those things where, like, 
I'm not trying to quote unquote be a podcaster. I just want to make podcasts, if that makes sense. Like it's just I like I'm just enjoying these connections, especially with people. And I'm really not that I won't talk to people I don't know as well or don't know at all because I would, but I'm finding so much more value of just talking to the people I came up with, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just so and then capturing this, putting it on the internet and maybe we listen to it and get something out of it or maybe uh someone random listens to him goes oh yeah okay <laughs> like i can do i that. think you're i think you're just doing something really cool man you've, you've had some really great uh people on here um and really just diverse people and diverse conversations um and so i hope you're enjoying it because i'm certainly enjoying listening to it man it's, it's great i love it yeah and i just want to say dude you've been an inspiration to me man like you've uh your journey and you know, all you've been through and this, you know, the state you're in right now of just positivity, peace, growth, enlightenment, uh, a zest for life, dude. It's a really inspiring thing. And you inspire me a lot, man. And I think of you, I think of you in a lot of times we've had often because it's reminders like, you know, not to go too much down memory lane with you, but it's hard not to having as many as we do. And it's like, there's so many moments I've had with you and some very pivotal ones that I'm like, I, I really have to pause when I'm in a situation Go, this is what Ty and I were talking about five years ago, six mm. years ago, seven years ago. This is the thing. This is, the, I had, I told you on the, I had one of those moments recently where I, I, I literally stopped. I looked around and I said, this is it. This is mm-hmm. the thing beyond this. This is so enjoy this, be present with it. And I never used to think that way, man. I, I was very, um, trapped in my own head my own ego uh not in a malicious way but just just was and really when you start getting rid of ego and you start <laughs> caring what other people really think and not caring about telling sharing your shit with the world mm-hmm. life really does become that much more enriching and tasteful and everyone has access to it yeah yeah you know and and i and i think you know, each time I remembered to just greet those beautiful moments and let go of them, right? Because there can just be, there's a tendency to try to want to recreate them or to hold on to them. But just learning to like, like you said, like, this is one of those moments. This is one of those moments to be cherished and take a moment, pausing, and then just moving out of it, man. What, what better things are there in life than that? Absolutely, man. And as you know, I always save the last word for the guest. Uh, is there anything you want to leave us with? It can be absolutely anything. Books you've been reading, things you've been pondering, experiences. What can you leave us with? Yeah, I just... um, You know, I think that people people right now are are at a place of rebuilding. You know, we've all kind of had... Uh, unique circumstances throughout the the last year, you know, however long since the epidemic started. I mean, a lot of people are growing and changing things around in their life. And, and I just think we should grab onto this moment and, and run with that because um, sometimes it's really hard to get those catalysts that create change. Sometimes it's really hard to find that moment that, that kind of sparks inspiration. And, and a lot of people around me seem seem to kind of have that right now and so i i would just say run with that and uh enjoy life tell your friends and family you love them man and, you know just be kind 
That's beautiful, man. Well, on that note, my friend, man. thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, I love you, brother. Thank you so much for having me on. I love you too, man. Much blessings and gratitude. Our times aren't done, man. I, I foresee. I can't. I don't want to set expectations, but you know, I, you're one of those people, man. Like, uh, it, it's fun. You're. I have. I'm grateful to have these people such as in my life. Like, we may not physically see each other for a while, but when we do, it's like we just picked up where we left off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it, I'm very grateful to have people on this journey that I can check in with and have these really deep open conversations about anything um and it just makes it fun we're all we're all traveling through this and <laughs> i'm giving myself the last one <laughs> <laughs> no i love it man. i love it oh shit i totally yeah but it's like yeah man like we're all traveling and then we we have these moments where we meet oh hi there friend hi there friend you exchange and like, I'm off on my journey again. I'm off on my journey. Hope to see you there. Maybe it's in this lifetime. Maybe it's in the next. I don't know. Uh, this is dope, dude. Oh, I, I do have to say while you're on here, the book of the episode, out of all the spiritual books we thought, I picked Thinking Physics. Oh, yeah, man. You haven't, you haven't featured that yet, huh? No. It's a, it's, a, it's a tribute to Naval and for just like, just, you know, one of those, it's different, man. You, you're one of those people too. You inspired me to get this. Naval told me about it, but not me. I listened to him and he said it, but you like, yo, I got that book. And I'm like, really? You're like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm like, I'm going to get that. <laughs> so, you know, doing physics problems that I have no business doing, nor do I understand, but it's exposing me and working my brain in a way I normally wouldn't be doing it. So, but yeah, having a relationship cool. with someone like you, like it, having that, that tennis match, like I said, like, mm. you know, so yeah i will say real quick it's pretty funny on that book because you opened it up right you get one right you go to the next one you're like got that one too get the third one it's a little bit tricky but you might have got it by the time you got like the fourth you're like huh and you see it, it, it changes it levels up quick on you oh dude i it makes me really feel stupid like, yeah. like i it, I don't think a stupid person would buy a physics book and try to start learning, you know. It oh, seems, seems pretty wise to me. I got to finish this one that you gifted me with, The Seven Brief Lessons on... Uh, oh, that's even... Dude, yeah. that's a really cool book, but um, brief doesn't mean easy to understand. Yeah. <laughs> that is for sure, man. Well, on that note, my friend, we will talk soon. I'm going to end the recording. Right, man. And, uh, thanks again for doing this, man. I really had a good time talking. Hey, my pleasure. All right, dude. Peace. Peace.